We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Always a dominant second half for the Phoenix Suns. There's your final score, 116.95. Devin Booker hardly had to play down the stretch. He only played 29 total minutes. Had 20 points. 35 assists for the Phoenix Suns. That's impressive. The Audi electrifying play. All right. Hey there, Knicks fans. That was a that was an ass kicking, good old fashioned one. <laughs> 
a fitting day, a fitting end to the day in New York sports, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point for all of you uh, fans of Big Blue and uh, what's the what's Jets nickname? Gangrene? Gangrene. Gangrene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know which one of these was the biggest uh, kick in the kick in the cojones, but three equally equally hurtful ones. Um, it's a shame that we have to do this live stream after what started out as a really fun and cool and exciting week, but um, here we are as the Knicks lose to the Suns uh, by a, a lot of points, uh, 116 to 95. Jeremy Cohen, hello, sir. How are you? Hey, John. was better earlier in the week, as you said, but nevertheless, we persevere. It wasn't as bad of a road trip as it could have been, but today was pretty brutal, so I'm sure the focus will primarily be on this game right now. I I do yeah the, these these live streams for us that we do on Sundays as like the post game slash like you know r- weekly wrap up show are always tough because inevitably we're gonna overreact to the game that just happened. Um, well, we also try to put the big picture in context, not only week by week, but in in the in the greater aggregate. Uh, I will say though, I just want to state it for the record: no matter what gets said the rest of the show, I said after the Denver game. Just get one more. If they could just get one more on the trip, um, I like sign for it right now because it means they go home 500. I still believe that for as I'll characterize the Warriors game as annoying for as annoying as the Warriors game was. And at, for as uh, what word do we want to give this one, Jeremy? Ugly. Uh, ugly's a good one. That's I mean, it was good. it was fine until at 64, 64 until it wasn't. And then it wasn't good. <laughs> So, yeah, I'll say it got ugly then. Yeah, there was there was some sloppiness and just um, you know a lot of not enough shot making uh, by the Knicks and uh, too much shot making by the other team. Uh, despite all of that, go if you go into Oklahoma City and you win that game, almost regardless of how you do it, I I will probably feel pretty good going back uh, at least comparatively so how should we start i guess just some thoughts about this game um i'm sure the big big picture stuff will come up as as we get through the comments throughout this show as it always does um it's amazing they were tied at 60 like you said um with two or three minutes into the third quarter i thought that their their defense was uh, i think breen said it on the broadcast like they were they were playing with good effort today like they were like kind of like the Warriors game like the misses and this is always going to happen in a Thibodeau defense the misses are so glaring especially when they're the result of one player you know who so often finds himself in these situations where it just happens to be his guy that has the wide open shot or that's cutting down the middle of the lane uh shout out to Benji he was all over this on Twitter today um you know but for the most part the defense was good and then there was just they got hit with a haymaker um there in the third quarter when some of those tendencies continue to show themselves. Um, Jalen Brunson was the only guy who had it going on offense today, uh, which is not ideal. And the Suns are one of many NBA teams that are filled with guys who are comfortable taking threes and that make a lot of threes. And it's just, it's, it's hard to beat those teams. Um, when just hard to beat those teams, period. Um, those are my thoughts, but what, what do you say? Yeah. Again, it was, an unfortunate end. I mean, it obviously felt like the Knicks were playing catch up for most of the game because they were, and then they're tied and so close and just kind of slipped from there. But it is very easy to focus on what went wrong for the Knicks. As tradition, I do want to point out the Suns, as, as you said at the end, they're a really good team. You know, it's a team that made the finals two years ago. Last year, they were number one seed and they just got run out of their own gym by Dallas. They look really good again this year. Like it's, they have, 
a star and a superstar, yeah. and they have a really great talent around them. I mean, but, my, my, my bad on that one. What? What? <laughs> Yeah, but yes, exactly. <laughs> Start Devin Booker. Yeah. Uh, uh, point, point, for Jer- point for Jeremy and Andrew, right? On that? Yes, playing the long game on that. Although at the time, it, it seems like it was to me. But no, no. He's a, he's, you're he's welcome. On I mean, but he, he, didn't even, he wasn't even crazy good today. He was just like, a, it was a normal Devin Booker game, if anything. Yeah, and that's why it was so frustrating when he was left open. It was like, that is the one player you really don't want to leave open the situation. But, no, I mean, the funny thing is, is that I've seen a lot of Suns fans be upset about how DeAndre Ayton has played this season. And um, it's been a lot of him being passive, not giving full effort. And then you look at a game like today and, you know, you're saying, and it's right. It's not that the Knicks were, that they didn't have effort, but at the same time, it's like, all right, we know that defensive rebounding is a huge issue. Yep. And yet they had 21 offensive rebounds. Like there was a tweet that I saw from one of the Suns beat writers that said he'd never seen Devin Booker crashing the glass like he was in this game because teams know this is a weakness. And so when you look at the scheme where the Knicks give up three pointers um, and then you see the fact that they can't even grab the rebounds from these long threes uh, or just three pointers in general and, and these other shots that just come. It, it's just how the Knicks can be able to get the necessary possessions. I don't even understand because they're letting players get good looks and then they can't even get the ball back when they miss. And the second chance points are just outrageous. Um, it, it's, I think it's that just, hurt. I think that hurt. I put the blame one, as we've been saying all year, uh, Hardenstein is not a good defensive rebounder Two, Mitch did not have his legs under him today by any stretch of the imagination. And three, just like there was a little bit of an edge missing. I think, I I I I I don't want to call out Randall here because quite frankly I think RJ's been playing about the same as he has as Randall has for a while on the defensive end of the court in terms of just like a lack of urgency like you because of the assignments that Randall gets it's more glaring because he's the one where it's like his guy shoots out to, to the three and he just still has a foot in the paint and then mm-hmm. he's inevitably pointing or something like you don't get that from RJ but at the same time, and this doesn't have to do with the issue that you just brought up, defensive rebounding, but there were at least two plays that I could remember where RJ, and I, th- I think I even talked about it on, on the broadcast, where RJ's there. He's there. And then the shot goes up, and then as the shot's going up, the hand is going up, as opposed to when you watch Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish play defense. These guys are, and Deuce, forget Deuce McBride. Deuce McBride doesn't know how to put his hands below his shoulder level. Uh, when you watch those guys play defense, it's like, oh, okay, that's what a contest is. And you could, there's a, you could see the difference in this game. And the Knicks have a lot of those players. And that's why I think, like, for as crappy as this game, the result felt, I think there is a lot of good to take away from this game specifically because, like, hey, the Knicks do have some ex- exciting players here. It's just being overshadowed by the, the not, they're not great stuff. That's typical fandom in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Like focusing on what the Knicks don't have Always. versus what they do. And um, certainly an issue, but that's just, that's just fans. That's the nature of social media. And it just kind of all comes together, especially when there's a loss. So yeah, you know, again, if you had told me the Knicks would be two and two so far in this five game trip. Yeah, I would definitely take it. And we could talk about like, all right, well, the Nuggets didn't have Jokic. Okay. 
um, you play who's in front of you. That's yeah. that's the bottom line. And <laughs> to win in an arena where you haven't won since 2006, that's that's something. And the Jazz game, like they're not going to be easy, but you gave the Jazz their first loss at home as well when they're having a really good season. And to do it all over again the next night, back-to-back road wins is impressive. So um, I just don't want that to be overshadowed by what I think was, I mean, it's a 500 week, but it's a 500 week for a 500 team. And a lot of the issues we saw, I mean, yeah, they don't necessarily play like a 500 team. It's frustrating to see this team not make threes, especially after they were able to do that last year. And hopefully Grimes being back and not being situational anymore will help that even more. But these are the issues that are going to come up with a team that just does not have standout talent that has good pieces and good young pieces, might I add. And they just don't have their act together fully. But no. Um, and that goes from the front office all the way, obviously, down to the coaching staff and the, you know, everybody. It, it, there's no, nobody has their act together in the next organization fully, which is uh, why we are where we are. We're going to talk about Grimes. He was the star of the game. He played awesome. I do just want to say, because I, I'm sure most of the comments today are going to be centered on uh, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and Tom Thibodeau. I do have to mention Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly last two games. Neither of them made a shot against the Warriors. I think Toppin was, I want to say he was 0 for 4. Quickly might have been 0 for 5. Um, if I have that wrong, I apologize. I'll double check it. And today, Toppin 0 for 4, quickly 1 for 6. Like, it is tough when your top two bench guys, your second and third bench guys are, are not. Like, so often last year, those guys got the Knicks back in games that the starters, because they poo-pooed all over themselves, got them out of. And it's just like, we got spoiled because, and as they should, Quentin Gr- or, uh, Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin are occasionally going to have not great games. And that's fine. It's allowed. I do just want to like keep it a hundred. That's why I wanted to, to mention that. Uh, and we should also say last thing before we start getting to the super chats, um, Cam Reddish went down with an injury, uh, against the Warriors. He did not play today. I don't think he's playing tomorrow. Do you? I would be, be surprised. I mean, the easy thing to say is let's not play him tomorrow. Have him yeah. sit through Friday and see if yeah. he's ready to go for the Blazers game. Definitely. Blazers who don't have Damian Lillard, most likely, because Probably, he hurt yeah. his calf. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's... If I'm the Knicks, yeah, there's I could potentially rest him until Sunday and he misses three games and then he's back. But we'll see. I just Might Yeah, I agree Monday. Tomorrow, maybe don't play him. And then Derek Rose uh, did not return in the second half because he injured a toe. Uh, his place in the rotation was taken not by Evan Fournier, thank God for small miracles, but by Deuce McBride, who had a nice, that himself a nice little game. And uh, I, again, with Rose's injury, I, I don't even want to talk about that because, I mean, sit here right now. If, if someone was like, yeah, Rose will be back in two months. Like, who, who the hell knows? We have no idea. Um, but so we I don't want to comment on it, but I just want to do I do want to point it out. Anything else from you before we get to the comments? Uh, I guess the one thing with Rose and we'll talk about more later is I'm curious with we don't know what what it is. Could have just been some sort of a bruise or whatever. It could have been more serious. I'm just curious how they'll handle it moving forward as last year we saw at a non-pivotal point the next like, yeah, you know what? We don't need to bring you back. And then, of course, we'll get into what happened on Friday. I'm just curious how they go about whatever he has. If he's fi- if he's healthy, I'm sure he'll play for whatever yes. it's worth. But yes. it's more yes, just yes. just something to monitor. Although, if again, if he seems fine, then I would imagine he'll take his spot back and we'll just keep seeing him play. Yeah, I wonder 
Look, I'm, let me preface this by saying nobody roots for injury, and God knows there's not a Nick fan alive who would be actively rooting for an injury to Derek Rose. If you do, you have no soul. But I wonder how many people, because I'll admit that I am one of these people, are sitting and wondering, like, huh, would be interesting if he was gone for an extended period of time because that would alleviate the very obvious rotation jam right now if indeed they want to go with a nine-man rotation which has to do with probably why we took so long to see Quentin Grimes, even though he's clearly ready to step in and help this team. All right. Um, we'll get to uh, more of that as the comments come in, but let's uh, kick things off here. Uh, first and foremost, we read a very important message from our friends at the WinBet app at WinBet. And uh, they have the WinBet app, which you could download. You could also visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100, download BetWin. Uh, again, that's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com. Give me all the overs on any Quentin Grimes stuff moving forward because I feel like our friends at WinBet may be slow on, on the up, uptake with recognizing that Grimes is back and here to be here to be reckoned with, Jeremy. Grimes assists. It's going to go way up. Freaking eight. It's crazy. Eight. Career high, yeah. the most of any not uh, the most of anyone on the Knicks this season besides um, uh, Brunson. Yep, for first game back in the rotation, unbelievable. All right, uh, let's hit up the super chat. See what we got here. Forgotten NYC. Oh boy, um, we were good, Jeremy. We didn't do it in thirteen minutes. We didn't pile on. The pile of shit has gotten so high. I can't see the top. It's higher than the Staten Island landfill, which I can speak of because I live down the block from that literal pile of shit for many years of my life um <clears throat> forgot nyc i'm just so over the rj barrett experience it's year four bro i i didn't have anything to say about rj to start the show because i don't know what else could be said jeremy you have anything to say uh this was an awful week from rj barrett i just i feel like if rj i appreciate the competitive nature if he's sick and if he's hurting the team <clears throat> Don't play him, or if you're going to play him, play him less. Like, and I don't mean that as an excuse. It's more just like if he's not feeling well, then you know you don't have to. If you're and you're actively making the rest of the team worse, then that is a problem. And the issue with these four games is that you know before that wasn't great, wasn't off to a very good start. But now these four games tacked onto that make everything feel even worse, and it just kind of keeps snowballing. And he's got to snap out of it naturally just take it shot by shot game by game but it's like it's frustrating to see corner threes that are just bricked and you know that he's in his office when he's doing it because he's been very good from the corner so you know yes it's great he's being aggressive i appreciate the competitive nature for him playing there but it's just games like the last four are so frustrating because it just feels like everything then kind of collapses in on itself and you know you then start thinking about the contract. You start thinking about the play and his role long term, like all this stuff. And we can we can separate the two. We can talk about the fact that RJ Barrett, the season and especially the last week plus, has not looked good. Um, and we can also talk about the fact that he still has potential to be a very good player. He does. It's just yeah, I I, I agree that at a certain point you have to look at year four and. It's frustrating that he hasn't gotten to the level where some of his peers were, especially those with a certain pedigree of being, you know, forget top three pick. Let's even say a top 10 pick. It, it is frustrating. So I get why other people would be frustrated too. 
two things. One in regards to toughing it out. Jeremy, if you had, there are diseases like this where you could not control your flatulence mm-hmm. and you came on a podcast and every 15 seconds you were just letting it rip, just letting it rip. I might not be able to smell it, but I could hear it. And so could our listeners. And that would be unpleasant enough that I would, I would gently tell you, Jeremy, I appreciate you wanting to game this one out. Maybe take a little time off. The flatulence coming from RJ Barrett's direction on the basketball court. Uh, it's not pleasant. I don't want to watch it anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I don't want to see plays like him. Not, you know, forget failing to put his hand up, you know, when he's right there on a contested three. I'm going to say hi. <laughs> My wife making a guest appearance. But, um, like, Bismack Biombo, large human, very big dude. Right there, RJ. He's right there. Just just make the pass. And that was one of, you know, several examples today. And we get several examples every game. And I'm, I, I can't blame that on sickness. That's just whether it's trying to prove the contract is worth it or whatever it is. But I'm over it. I think a lot of Nick fans are over it. Be better. That's all. Not saying you can't be, just be better. Um, I will say this. I did an entire episode of Cream while dying from the aftermath of COVID. And we had to cut that one short because I I just, I didn't want to die on camera. That was the main reason. But yeah, you know, and that went well. So RJ, you got to, if I can do, if I can sit at my computer and try to talk through an episode (laughs) of Cream, RJ, you can play professional basketball at a higher level than that. There you go. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Thank you for that. Getting us kicked off. Robert Cross. Uh, I don't want to see one more minute of Randall in a Knicks uniform. Uh, <clears throat> I don't give a damn what it costs. Get him off my team, period. Hashtag 53 wins. Yeah, I had a feeling this was going to be coming. Um, not good. Not good from Julius Randall today. It's just uh, another one from Robert Cross. And if Tibbs isn't going to hold players accountable, fire his butt too. B-U-T-T in caps. Um, the extra T is for tips. Uh, I don't care whatever full of crap plan the front office has concocted. Oh my God. He's, he's just, he's with the, he's firing away. Yeah. Garbage. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, look, it, it's a big contract. We, we talk about it all the time. It's a big contract. It, it's the, I, oh man, I wonder, I wonder if they got any phone calls after the Denver game. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say because all the goodwill from the Denver game right down the crapper with the performance yeah. today. It's just you look at that Denver game and how phenomenal he was. It's like, why can't you just keep doing that? Like the dichotomy of the two where to me, one of the better plays we've seen from him in quite a while was him jumping on the ball, saving it, passing to Brunson and dunking it cut yep. to today where the ball goes into the backcourt he jumps on it but then hands it right to phoenix and they pass it and get an instant dunk and it's like if that's not a parallel between the two games i don't really know what is so yeah uh robert keep getting used to it because i don't think julius randall is going anywhere he's certainly going to be playing at least one minute tomorrow against the thunder barring some sort of uh injury surprise that would have happened and it didn't seem like he was injured during this game so um yeah no nine nine we should say nine points on 11 shots three turnovers two assists for julius randall um and some really maddening defense not 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 over exaggerating that was really bad defense from him today it was a really bad defensive effort from him today so that's uh yeah and tibbs has always has to own that 
Absolutely. I still own that. Drew, what's going on, Drew? These two games show the lack of a system from Tibbs. Um, I, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I'm more of the opinion of like, guys got to hit shots. Uh, there were good shots that were taken today and yesterday or whatever, uh, Friday night. Like, if you're open and you're an NBA player and you're not a center, you should probably hit your shots at a 40% clip. Uh, I, they get decent looks. Um, they also hesitate. They I keep saying it. It's not just the accuracy. It's the volume. Like they don't, they don't have guys that want to shoot threes. That's the, that's the really, that's the pisser about Fournier is like, he's a dude. He at least he fires away. You know, there's no hesitation from him Fournier. And now they have Quentin Grimes back. Who, as you saw today, no problem firing away. But that's it. Nobody, else, you know, who else wants to shoot from three? And when you have guys that can't make it, it's just really tough. Well, RJ wants to, and historically, he's been at least decent at it. This year, he's just been terrible. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, Benji had a great thread on Brunson and talking about how, you know, the, just the difference in terms of the shots and everything, especially compared with last year. But, I can't help but agree with Drew as well. I, you know, like we can talk a lot about the signings that the front office has made over what's now two and almost a quarter seasons. But to me, another big factor is that if the players signed are not put in the right position to succeed by coaching, then that collapses in on itself as well. What, what position is any player on this team not being put in right now that they, that if they were being put in that position, they would be, in a like helping them win more. What do you mean exactly? I just, I mean, like simply like go down the list, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, Obi, Obi Toppin's the one, Obi Toppin's the obvious one. If the organization had designed the roster a little bit differently. And, but even so, if you, you want to get on Tibbs for not playing Obi in an ideal way, fine. I'll have at it. Um, other than him though, who's the offensive, who's the player that is not being put in a position to succeed? On the offensive end, in particular, I don't. Like, I'm just. I'm like. I hear what like, you're. Listen, I hear. I completely hear what you're saying. But the problem is that it feels like we. This is the second year in a row where we have gone into a new season, and the belief with that season was like there are pieces and how they can fit. Right? Like, it's great that Quentin Grimes is back. We we want Evan Fournier to come off the bench, and obviously, a lot of the numbers that we have seen from him are skewed because he was in the starting lineup. And that was a factor because of Grimes being injured and it's thrown everything off. But I, I just, I look at this team and I, no one seems to have clear cut roles and there doesn't seem to be, but it, it does, it, there isn't like I, Emmanuel quickly. Again, I, I think we talked about it last week where it's like, if I'm quick, what is my motivation here? Other than I, I want to win and I want to play well, there's no next level for him. There's no promotion that's here. So you're and, saying because Emmanuel quickly has been, and, and this, look, I was on this last year. Quickly, his play, he deserves a chance to start. The organization does not see it that way. The organization very clearly sees it. Is it the organization or is it Tom Thibodeau? Because there was an opportunity. Like that, but that's I would that's argue I have, would argue that's an organizational decision. But the organization is not sure. the one that's dictating playing time to the level that it works out with Tibbs. That's my point. So fine. Tibbs has it out for Emmanuel quickly. Hey, that's not what I'm saying, though. It's, no, I'm, but like whatever. I, no, because no, because but but words matter in that context, right? I don't okay. want it to seem like he is the the boogeyman who wants to, you know, never let Emmanuel quickly shine. It's just he sees him in he sees him one way, right? As a bench player, right? That yes. doesn't mean that other coaches who would come in here 
see him as such, but he's relegated to that role. And if you're Emmanuel okay. quickly and you see other people getting roles and getting lit up defensively, how does that feel to if, you? If you want to tell me that a different coach would have him long ago empowered Emmanuel quickly to the point where, you know what? You defend like that. You're getting 35 minutes a night. And if that means you start, that means you start. And that should have started midway through last year. And if you want to tell me that doing that would have put him in such a different position mentally that he would not be right now, what honestly appears to be a bit of a shell of the player that we've seen at times over the last two years on offense. I'll buy that. I'll give you that. But, you that's know, not even what, but that's not even what I'm saying. It's not. About, what are you saying? It's but it, it's not saying if there were a hypothetical, a hypothetical coach where it's different. I'm just looking at what is in this situation right now, which is that how many players are we talking about where they look like a shell of themselves? At a certain point, we have to look around and think, why do all these players look like shells of themselves? It, think- it can, <laughs> at a certain point, it's less of a coincidence, right? Like Evan Fournier, we know he's a better player than how he has been this season. Why is he a shell of himself? Is it because it's, he was in trade rumors? Is it because this of the fact season? That the ro- but that's my point. This season is the one we're talking about. We're, and we're okay. talking about players who do not feel like they are empowered based on how their playing time is allotted, based on the lineups that they're Jeremy, in, based on things that don't work. The, yes. The, yes, John. <laughs> the construction of the Ponzi scheme to make excuses for players on this team being bad rivals anything Bernie Madoff ever put together. It is again. We, we went into the. You went into this this season yes. very high on on how a lot of these players fit on the young court. I, you wanted Donovan Mitchell, but you walked away feeling I think Quentin Grimes is a star in the making. I think I, st- I still feel like he's a star right, in the making. I understand, but how is it that we got from? All right, things seem pretty good, and it's going to be an average team, and there'll be good nights, there'll be bad nights. So, like this is a Ponzi scheme to the levels of of Bernie Madoff level. Because guys, because the, the my answer is the front office fucked up. They got too close to the finish line. To they should have just crossed it at that point, but they stepped back, and now a lot of guys see themselves as exactly what they are in this front office's eyes, which are pawns in a larger game, and that has thrown it threw Evan Fournier off. I believe it has thrown Quentin Grimes off, and more than anybody on the roster, I believe it has thrown R.J. Barrett off. But you and were for, fine with the price point and walking away from that. I'm, <laughs> I get what they were trying to do. I'm saying, and I'm, I, I'm not even necessarily blaming them for the ultimate decision that they came to. What I am saying is there is collateral damage to be paid when you get that close to something and guys know that they're on the next train to Utah. And then all of a sudden, Oh, we're back here in New York, but wait a minute. What's the rumor of today? Who's the next star that the office, that the front office is going to try to get? That is the nature of this organization right now. And these players are not stupid. They know that is what is going on. Yeah. So if you're going to tell me, Oh, it's Tibbs because he's not empowering guys or he's, it's, it's the schemes and like this. Come on. Uh, is Tibbs the best? I'm saying that's a part of it. I'm not saying it's the only part. I'm saying it's a significant sure, part. It's, of it. it's a part, but the way the, con- I'm not saying for it's you. a, but it's also a business. It's a business in that. These players know that they can be traded. You think Emmanuel Kerfoot would rather be in New York with the situation he has right now or in Utah, a place where he'd have probably free reign and a better head coach and be on a, on a better team. That's at least winning more. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's very, it's very apparent. You think that like, look at, look at what Will Hardy is doing with the jazz and look at what Tibbs is doing with the Knicks. Right. (laughs) But I'm saying the jazz aren't saying, well, we don't have stars. They're powering. Who won 
who won the game when they played the other night? Right. Okay. Um, who gave them the first loss? So we're talking about one game where it was a great job by the Knicks. I'm very happy. Look at, look at, but we're talking about a team, a jazz team that traded their two best players. And yeah. they also traded Royce O'Neal all pretty much for future assets, except for Lowry Markinen, who was really the most present player. Okay. And they saw what he was doing on the Finnish national point? team. And they just decided let's use his skills, the best of our abilities and cater towards offense built with him as a focal point with Mark where, Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because right. he's up to the task and Julius Randle and RJ Barrett aren't. It's but then don't simple. you think that the right thing to be, to say would be like, well, if these players aren't up to the task, then we should figure out ways to either where, find other where, people where, to empower them or where or Jeremy, it's them? an advantage creation league. You get offense when guys create advantages. You know what Cameron Payne was doing today? He was creating advantages on yes, offense. Same thing with Devin Booker. Same thing with Mikal Bridges. Same thing with DeAndre Ayton. They have advantage creators. Teams across the league have advantage creators. We have one real advantage creator, and his name is Jalen Brunson. Yes. And Julius Randle, at times, is also an advantage creator, but he, over the last year and a half, more than more often than not, has not been able to get out of his own way, and occasionally when he does create an advantage, he gives it right back because he throws it to the other So team. then don't play him to the level that he's playing. That Great. is not and the front office. That you can talk about the contract. We can talk about the signed to a hundred million dollar contract. Who, who gives a fuck, John? If he's <laughs> if he's having a problem, then stop fucking playing him as much. It's that simple. That's not the front office is doing. We can talk about the front office and the extension and not moving him and all that and all that is warranted. But if he's on this goddamn team and he's I, playing like we're talking about him playing. And he's seeing no punishment, whereas other players, like again, Emmanuel quickly, can have great games. And where's the reward structure for them? Nothing. There is none. It's other players playing ahead of him, for example. And Quick hasn't been perfect by any stretch of the mean, yeah. right? There have been offensive it, nights where he has really struggled and he has looked very not good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. A couple things. One, yes. I've agreed with you on the Randall Tibbs point for over a year now. I'm on record with that. I agree with it now. The quickly thing. Let's acknowledge the fact that he is, again, after two games in which he's hit one shot, um, the numbers are what they are. The the guy has not shot well this year, and and that's really being polite. He's shot it abysmally. Um, Is is, that is if you want to put some of that on what what do you want to say? The lack of empowerment or, or this and that. Fine. I am not quite so apologetic. That's me. That's me. Well, I know. I know that's not because, well, we don't have to get it. It's a difference of opinion. That's all it is. I'm aware it is. Uh, let's. Th- thanks for spurring that one, Drew. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, guys. Quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. 
It's that simple. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What's up, Knicks fans? With the bustling holiday season just around the corner, it's the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver right to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more than 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My holidays are jam-packed. Luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. Plus, I save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and more than 36 add-on options, such as smoothies, juices, snacks, and so much more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Also, Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put the money you save towards holiday fun and you time. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. Need a special occasion? meal gourmet plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easy when things get hectic during the holidays factor is flexible change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or 
pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. Even better, Factor's no prep, no mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so I can enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I get too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Knicks fans, Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during frantic holiday times. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use promo code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Robert Cross with one more. Two wrongs don't make a right. See you both. Goodbye. Hashtag 53 wins. I don't even know what you're referring to, Robert. Do you? I I think he's referring to... Tibbs and Randall? Tibbs and Randall, but I'd like to think he's referring to us as a result. Oh, maybe, yeah. No, it's not, but clearly this was commented before. Who's the Johnny Bryant and uh, Obi Toppin waiting to step in our shoes? I don't know. Uh, Joe Vogel, what's going on, Joe? Grimes has shown more playmaking ability in his first game back than RJ in four years as a top option. Uh, great defense, too. Makes the loss easier to digest. Uh, RJ's you know, played as many minutes as any wing in the NBA. This year, he hasn't topped five assists. Grimes got eight today. Um, just Worth noting, Grimes does have experience running the point guard position in college. He does. So it's not combo guard. Right. So coming into college, coming into college. Exactly. So I would hope so because that's something he's more comfortable with. It's a, we, we can compare him and RJ and be like, yes, Grimes is clearly better. And we can also say, well, RJ in a vacuum needs to do a better job of this. But it is fascinating to me though, today that, well, there's a conversation for a different day, but like, If you were to if we were to do our little Knicks trade value rankings, which I'm sure will come up on the first mailbag, that's that's going to be an interesting conversation. I'll just say that. Um, thank you, Joe. That was a good one. Uh, forgotten NYC year four and RJ still one of the worst efficiency in. Um, I don't know what in is supposed to mean, but is is RJ still one of the least efficient wings in the league or least efficient players in the league? Yes, he is. That's an unfortunate reality. I don't know what else there is to say. Last four games have just, cr- I mean, really five games have just crushed his efficiency. He was doing a better job. wasn't great. He was you, better. But it's just, it's completely sunk back down. As really- I mean, coming into this game, RJ on the year was in the 19th percentile, according to cleaning the last for wings in efficiency at um, 98 points per hundred possessions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. The only wings who were, um, lower than him are not guys who are, are taking on huge lion share offensive uh, roles for their team. It's guys like Will Barton, Hamadou Diallo. Um, Clay Thompson is down there, although he got off the schneid a little bit against the Knicks. So it's like, again, it's possible for good players to start off slumping. Karis LeVert is another guy who's down there. Uh, Dylan Brooks. So again, it's not impossible. The reason why it's troubling is you say it's been a hell of a four games for RJ. Not, in a, in a bad way it's four 
you know, it's going up four years. That's that's from the, the efficiency standpoint, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. From the efficiency standpoint specifically. Thanks uh, for guiding uh, NYC once again. Matt down under uh, on a positive. <laughs> we need some positivity here. I'm glad we finally saw why Grimes was untouchable. He was not untouchable. I was wrong. I, I apologize because there was a point which I mentioned it during one of our podcasts. I thought based on what was being read that it was untouchable. It's not true. He wasn't. They, all these guys were up for grabs just at a certain point. The Knicks moved forward with one of RJ or Quentin Grimes and they put RJ on the table. Not Grimes, but he wasn't untouchable. Uh, eight assists and elite defense on Booker was a standout. Hope he starts every game going forward. Man, if you could give the Knicks front office truth serum right now and be like, all things being considered, um, and you could go back to the valuations of these players that they had in the summer, but also know what you know now. So we're, we're, we're eating our cake and having a two here. What, what lineup? Like, how would they maneuver? Like, because Cam looks good, Grimes looks good. I I, th- I would think they still have faith that quickly he's going to be able to put it together. Um, I don't know. Be interesting question. Yeah, I and, you know, I mean, RJ's bound to probably miss a game or two due to injury. Although he was played all seventy-two the year before last, so you know maybe he's just healthy. But there is a you know, there's a question I, that I have in mind. It's like, yeah, if you had Brunson and Grimes and Reddish and Randall and, you know, take your pick of a five, what does it look like? I'm I'm curious. Yeah, but I, you know, just don't think we'll see that unless RJ is injured or he's just having such a bad game that Tibbs puts some, you know, shelves them and that's kind of like their closing lineup. Yep. Well, like we saw the other night. In fairness. Yes. Uh, thanks, Matt. Good, uh, good, good comment there. Kevin Danishevsky. What's going on, Kev? Grimes plus Jalen Brunson. Terrific. Eight assists. Good efforts from Sims and Deuce. Everyone else. Oh, man. RJ with an embarrassing effort. Emmanuel quickly needs to start hitting shots. Um, Yeah. Quick, quick could start hitting shots. I just I never want to come on here and kill quick because I again, I'm not a quick stand, but it's impossible to ignore all of the things that he does on the defensive end. And they're so valuable. And I don't, as much as I, I would like him to shoot it more <clears throat> on offense, I don't ever question his decision-making uh, on the offensive end. Right. Um, I think it's pretty solid. It's just, he's, he's just a guy that's not hitting shots this year. And I, again, I was agreeing with you before to be very clear. I will, I will put, because that is to me, that is not a player who should have ever once doubted his his value and role in this organization. I don't think that's all Tibbs. I think it's front office too. We could disagree there, but that dude should have come out of his rookie year feeling like, oh shit, I'm gonna be a Nick for life. These guys are never gonna trade me. And that's obviously not reality, but like, wouldn't it have been nice if he if they made him feel that way? And whoever deserves blame for that, I that should be reprimanded for their sins. Well, this, I mean, this season, right? Like we could talk about the last, last year and the fact that at a certain point, Alfred Payton should just not have been playing. Certainly not. You mean Kemba Walker. Argument. No, well, I'm saying the year before with Alfred. Oh, the year before. And then yes, with Kemba and, and the issue that arose there too. But I mean, this year, look like to me, it's why, there is a pathway for Emmanuel quickly. And the perfect one I thought was, all right, you give him more minutes if Quentin Grimes is going to be out, right? Like 
I'd like to see him play more if Derek Rose is going to be missing time, but Deuce McBride is going to play. And that's just, that's just the way Tibbs operates where he's going to want to have McBride in there. It's frustrating. Um, it just is. And you know, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but in terms of his value and, and all this stuff with like, yeah, his value is going to keep taking a hit if he's not, if he's not in the right position, if he's not, happy well, with where he's at all these different factors that we can throw in. um from it's not for, as much about the like the position again I, I think part of the issue is that quickly to me and the 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 offensive numbers and we saw it today he just he's not creating advantages um right now I, he can we've seen him create advantages in the past i don't think he's done a great job of it this year because the shot's not there for a guy like quickly if the shot's not falling and teams are going to play him a certain way it becomes much more difficult for him to get guys, get defenders on their heels. And then that creates a domino effect of he can't hurt them in other ways. Um, so, but the offensive numbers with him and no Rose and no Brunson have been very bad this year. They obviously the struggle today in those minutes. I, I will, I do want to say though, he's averaging this season 20 after today. How many minutes did he play today? I feel like he played a decent amount today, although there was garbage time that he didn't get in. But whatever, he's he's playing 22, 23 minutes a game this season. Played 28. That's not, he played 20. So he's probably the average is probably up to 23 minutes a game this year. That's not that's not nothing, you know. And the the, the you know the again it's to, for me it's more I think it's in his head, but I don't know. But a lot of it also is just the scheme on offense where if there's not a lot of off ball action, not a lot of cutting, if everything's stagnant and it's predictable, then it's also very easy for other teams to game plan around that, which then means they can do a better job of defending you, which means your offense is going to look worse. <clears throat> That's another factor. And it's great this year that we're starting to see fewer hockey uh, substitutions from Tibbs' angle where yeah. you know, he is bringing guys a little bit more freely, um, free-flowing. That's great, but if the offense just doesn't have a lot of movement, it stagnates and it Move, just doesn't moving, look good. Movement can only take you so far. I, I'm not saying there shouldn't be more. There should be more. It's not his offense. It's not his strong suit. It's It, it sucks. It's annoying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Players got to be good. <laughs> players got to do what they're paid to do. Sure. Um, and that's make shots and and get defenders on their heels. I want to say uh, one more thing with Kevin. Yeah. Uh, hey, Kevin, who won the AL MVP award? Um, oh, oh, no, it wasn't Shohei Otani. Oh, he only received two votes. 28 <laughs> so went to Aaron Judge. Interesting. Okay, cool. Very cool. That's highly unfortunate for Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't need that. Uh, Matt, what's going on again, Matt? Also, Randall and Tibbs have got to go, period. I, I don't think... I don't think they're going anywhere right now. I don't think so. Um, especially since the Knicks are eight could, nine. Yeah, but one I mean one of them still could. There's there's we've talked about the rest of the schedule. They got through a nice chunk of this one, but there's still oh, I, a lot of games for their if I had to put, put money on it right now, I'd I'd bet that Randall goes before Tibbs. That would be my bet. I would be very surprised. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Would you like to bet a single beer? Single beer. Single beer it is. Okay. Andrew Claudio. Oh, this is unfortunate. Who are the Jets? I I watched most of that game. <clears throat> Get a quarterback. <laughs> Get a quarterback. Like the Knicks are searching for a superstar. The Jets perpetually searching for a quarterback. I hope they find one. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for that. Matt Smith, what's going on, Matt? It was clear the front office saw the issues with RJ. It makes me wonder, why on earth did they pay him over $100 million? 
I don't think he could even be considered an asset in the next star trade. Uh, the is is RJ Barrett an asset right now? Question is rolling down the hill, uh, the slippery slope, and you know a snowball picks up speed and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I I think it's again this is seventeen games, so it's not nothing, and I. You know, he's not really tradable. This, not that he's not tradable, but it's very difficult to trade him this year anyway because of the poison pill thing. That That's to get to your original point, though. I My own opinion that is backed up by nothing but my own crazy thoughts on the inside of my head to make this very clear. I think Leon Rose played a game of chicken and he lost. And that's why I think RJ Barrett has $100 million attached to his name. But that's that's me. Yeah, I, I mean, look, he was in the trade, then he was extended, and the trade fell apart. Yep. I, it, the timing of it, certainly, he was, yes, let's, we have to walk away with something here. But I think we're a little too in the weeds if we're talking about RJ Barrett as a trade asset right now because of the poison pill. I don't foresee him being traded this year. And I think we can reevaluate that at a certain point. Would you be shocked? Would I be shocked if he's traded this year? No, I'd be surprised. I'd be pretty surprised just based on how the math works, but it's not impossible by any stretch. So I wouldn't be like absolutely shocked. It's just a matter of, look, the the Knicks wanted to include RJ Barrett in a trade for a star. Yeah. Like that. I don't think that it's offensive that the mindset is they tried to build a package with him as a centerpiece. Right now he's going through it. It looks really bad. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. It's more that because we are looking at it in the lens of right now, we're not able to take a step back. Like what John, what have we talked about for a while that if he signs a four year deal, half of it is going to be with what's likely to be a giant salary cap. That's spiking a ridiculous amount to the point where what he would be making is very minor compared to what a lot of players could be making. That's really the gist of it. But to me, it's the conversation of his RJ Barrett and asset on his contract. All this, it's just, it's too soon. We're too soon in the lens of like, we are so mired and he's so mired in the slump and we are reacting to it. Yeah. The rest of everything that we see is then colored as a result. It's just too hard to parse out everything. I, I agree. I think a lot of whether RJ Barrett becomes an asset on this deal is up to RJ Barrett and what type of player he works to become and which skills he tries to work on moving forward. And that's neither here nor there at this point, because as you said very correctly, he's in his own head and he's going through it. It's not great. Nothing's great right now. But yeah, I think well, that's... Yes. And the one thing I'd like to add is, and this this I will put on the front office squarely, is you've got RJ Barrett and the issue with RJ Barrett is he has to play with Julius Randle. Yep. And you've got Julius Randle and the issue is he has to play with RJ Barrett. And you've got RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, and the issue is they have to play with Mitchell Robinson. And you got Mitchell Robinson, and the issue is he has to play with RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. So the fact that 60% of the starting lineup is comprised of guys, the only three players on this team who are still here from the previous regime. Worth noting. It is. And again, I stand by the fact that, well, they, they told us our, their game plan. They wanted to move RJ Barrett to get someone that fit more of what they were looking for. Um, yeah. This is this is a, a front office that is incredibly analytics focused, which is why last year, I'm sure, you know, Kemba obviously threw a wrench and a lot was going on, but it was frustrating. I'm sure to see all that like Jalen Brunson is not going into this offseason. Obviously, you either 
loved him or you just didn't care for him or or maybe you just thought he was kind of like a threat to more Emmanuel quickly minutes. Isaiah Hardenstein, Hardenstein was very much under the radar, but these are two guys where the advanced analytics really love them. Um, and you just kind of see how they're fitting in. And, and then you look at the analytics for RJ and for Julius and Mitch. It's not significant. I still believe that the reason Mitchell Robinson wasn't traded last year was because his contract was too small. He's an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, you wanted to kind of move him for tradable salary as opposed to like, Hey, how can we, you know, get a draft pick out of him? Cause again, he can walk anywhere. It's, it's a little bit of a risk. So what the Knicks are doing is similarly to what they've been doing with the coaching, buying time. We know we can flip these guys. We know that there will be a time in which it's better to flip them than where they're at right now. So let's focus on then as opposed to right now. The issue is now, now it looks bad. Because and they're still trying to focus on later. It, it's hard for everybody in a situation where it is seemingly clear that it's just biding time. Um, I will I will just say that. Uh, thanks, Matt, for the contribution in the comment there. TK uh, Hushu. Uh, Macri, I know you got sources. Is there a... I don't have any sources. What are you talking about? Is there a possibility so people in the front office are higher on Grimes than RJ... RJ deserves more than detention at this point. Um, I won't lean on anything that I've heard. I'll just uh, the uh, the retired Mark Berman. That was one of his last last missives, right? In a column where he 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 said that there were some people in the front office that were more hesitant to trade Grimes than RJ. Um, and everybody assumed that was Tibbs. I I can't say whether Tibbs feels that way or not, but. Do I, in my opinion, do I think that there are people there that are higher on Grimes than RJ? Like, you know, because like, it's not just like who, like they're higher on one player and the other. You have to consider what are their opinions on the each player's ceiling? What are their opinions on each player's floor? And what are their opinions on the probability that each player hits their ceiling versus hits their floor? And that's like a lot of stuff to go on and i'm sure if you ask each member each key decision maker in the organization what their opinions on all of those questions are you'd probably get different answers for you know and and you'd get a lot of different pictures painted by these different people but i'm sure it's i'm sure there's a lot a lot of positive grimes thoughts in there that that's what that's what my guess would be it's kind of ironic when you think about it, because we're talking about a player in RJ Barrett who's drafted third overall, where the Knicks spent the entire season trying to tank for Zion, <laughs> only to move down two spots. And we're now comparing him to someone who, or at least talking about the conversation of their values, where someone who the Knicks acquired with the 25th pick after trading back and then Twice. trading back again. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Spaceball, Susan. Yeah. But but it's not like I, I know what you're saying it's basically but that's like, like I've just been thinking a lot about it because I know as the Knicks lose it's you know yes drive through with the tank and when they win it's like oh, this is good but let's get back to the fact that the Knicks don't have a star and the same issues that we have been experiencing since this past summer oh I see what you're before that are consistently going to stay that way like it's not going to change until it actually changes and it's more that. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with tanking, but I see tanking as an action. I don't see it as a plan. And it's just kind of ironic to me. You know, whether irony is really the word to be used, it, 
it's more just it's fascinating that there's so much love for a player who was drafted, you know, six picks away from the second round. And uh, we're also talking about the struggles of someone who before Zion Williamson really came out on the scene was anointed as a future first overall pick in RJ Barrett. You it, it's kind of funny. You nailed it a minute ago with like it's the here and now because if the whether if the if the plan was to tank it, like you just said that's not a plan just like acquiring a star that's not a plan it's not a plan that's going to take you day by day by day it's a finish line you know acquiring the number one draft the pick in the draft or two pick in the draft or whatever because you have lost x number of games that is the finish line it does not speak to how you operate in here and now and a lot of the messiness is because of the here and now you know so Sure. Good night, Sass. Love you. My door's going to bed. Um, but yeah. just look at while we're talking about these these teams that we you know recapping the week in addition to this, right? Sure. The Jazz, uh, best player in the Jazz, Laurie Markkinen, drafted seventh overall, toiling away in Chicago under Boylan, uh, went to Cleveland and was better, and then now he's finally doing very well. Yep. Jazz also have Mike Conley, who was drafted second overall, has made third. Uh, third. Third overall, even so, has made or one All Star team, Whatever. and that was, you know, like I'm glad he made it that year. Probably shouldn't have, but there seemed to be a push, the injury replacement, whatnot. You got Jordan Clarkson, who's been great for Utah, second round pick. Uh, you move on to Denver, Jamal Murray, seventh overall pick. Obviously, the Knicks influence had to do something to do with that, um, with the Carmelo trade. But then you look at, you know, Jokic. 41st overall drafted during a Taco Bell commercial with a product that doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, he obviously missed time, but the reason the Nuggets are as good as they are is because of him. And then you yep. got the Warriors where they really didn't tank except for Barnes a few seasons ago. Well, yeah, Barnes is not on the team anymore. And when, when Curry went down, they got the number two pick overall and they have James Wiseman who has been a, did not play coach's decision for five of the last six games. And that's going into tonight's, I believe they play tonight. Um, and meanwhile, I mean, Steph, they didn't tank for Steph, but they managed to get the seventh overall pick. And that's really important. And then we can talk about today where Devin Booker was drafted. What? 13th overall. 13. Uh, the best player that they had. They, I mean, they had the number one pick. They got Deandre Ayton. There are all sorts of concerns about Ayton on his contract, the level of effort he's playing. If he wants to be there, the fact that he can't go to the team he wanted to sign for, he can veto any trade for the next year. That all being problematic. Mikhail Bridges being 10th overall and Knicks fans, including myself who really wanted him here. And then we go to the thunder tomorrow. Right. And it's again, SGA, SGA who is the best 11th, player sorry. on that team, right? Who's drafted 11th. Obviously Chet Holmgren was drafted second overall. He's out for the season with injury. My point isn't that tanking doesn't work. It can, certainly can. It's more just that it seems there's so much thirst over stars and star talent that is taken in the range that we are talking about, where the Knicks are likely to finish or where the Knicks have finished before. And again, like it bothers me to see the Knicks not having stars, but it's also the sort of thing where, I mean, we talk about it, right? Yeah. But, it, but it's, I feel like the reason we also talk about it is it's fueled by every single game. It feels like, Okay, well, we don't have that guy. We don't. Okay, that's that's fine. We should try to get that player, and the Knicks are trying actively to do it. The issue is the right player, the right time, the right asset. Like everything has to line up perfectly, and then then it even doesn't have to line up perfectly. It just has to be good enough for it. But there are certain levels to it, right? Like Zach Levine's name is going to pop up. 
It, oh, like, I'm it's sure just, it will. It's just going to. And I'm not really a big Zach Levine fan. I'm very nervous about the knee. And yet, if a fan says, like, how can you not like Zach Levine? He's a star and he's available. It's like, I understand where you're coming from. You want a star. I just, I don't think I, he is the right star, ideally. But that's a conversation we'll have another time. I think you don't need to tank to get a star, of course, in the draft. Um, it ups the odds. Of course. Because as we see, as the Knicks have done in pretty much every draft uh, over the last you know handful or more of years, like even look, we all love Obi Toppin. Tyrese Halliburton's a, kind of an interesting star, but he's a star. He's yeah. a star player, you know. Um, so you got to nail your picks. That's really what it comes down to. Whether you tank for mm-hmm. him or you just make him. Um, thanks, TK. Uh, Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? How are you? Great moments from Grimes today. I love Jessica. She always brings the positivity. Excited to see a Grimes, Brunson, Cam IQ lineup of some sort down the line. I would love that. Nice. A lot of defense there. Um, and ass kicking, but some positives. Let's go Knicks. Yeah, that's what I came away from today being like Grimes, Cam, and IQ. How can we get those four guys on the floor together? Um, maybe with Obi at the five. How fun would that be? Teeny tiny defensive glass would be Tibbs would be crying, but it'd be nice to see at least you know three at least three well, of those guys together. Tibbs would saying. be crying because he's not going to be the coach of that lineup ever sees the floor. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Thanks, Jessica. Um, I should do it with one more. Randall is a comedian watching him blame his teammates as he sits there watching his man shoot a truly open three, uh, or a open three truly made my afternoon. Hashtag extend thirty. Um. Most frustrating player I've ever had to watch. I just, that's 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 what I'm just gonna. Every time I get a Randall comment from now on, I'm just gonna go to that most frustrating player I've ever had to root for. I'll say that. Yep. Nothing. Nothing much more to say. Yeah. And and one more from Hush. Also, I want to preface this by saying Brunson is a prolific scorer. However, I do think he tends to get ball hoggy at times, and I wish he got more people involved. Um. That that's a fair criticism at times. At you know, are there a a couple of possessions? You know, I think there were probably maybe two possessions in the first half that you didn't love from him. The reason why you live with it is because of what you see in the third quarter, where he puts the team on his back. Now, you still got to make the right passes during those stretches because you got to keep other guys involved. Because if you don't, then everybody else is going to get cold and the offense is going to get stagnant. And then even if you're you have it going. These are first world problems to have. And I am, it's fine to be critical of Jalen Brunson. You prefaced it correctly by saying he's a prolific scorer. He is. Um, it's just nice to have the, that issue with a guy who, one, we know is not selfish. I, I'm pretty sure we know Jalen Brunson's not selfish. He wants, to, he wants only what's best for the team. And two, his efficiency numbers are such that it's tough to look at what anything he does and say, oh, that's, that's a bad decision because he just he hit so many tough shots but yeah good comment yeah. uh forgotten nyc with one more inserts wolverine meme with a don with donovan mitchell in the frame oh goodness yeah it's a good meme i wonder how many nick fans are pining for donovan mitchell right now i've kind of left it behind the Cavs seem to be struggling right now it, yeah. it, it's gonna be really fascinating to see how they do these next three years because yeah I still don't think the Knicks would have done nearly as good of a job. And you can look at RJ Barrett and be like, well, 
he wouldn't be stinking up the joint and you'd be doing a better, you'd be better off with him. They want to trade Emmanuel quickly anyway. And you know, what do you need three first round picks for unprotected? Well, I, I'm, I'm happy we have the picks myself. That's just me. Uh, not saying the trade might not have been the right thing to do, but, uh, anyway, Sam Garcia giving, (laughs) I can't stink Jay Barrett, 107 million guaranteed us dollars was a mistake. Look, he's going to be better guys. He's going to be better. He's going to rebound. He's going to get better. He's going to figure it out. He's deep. He's so deep in his own head right now. I, 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 yeah, I don't even, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like also, come on, stink J bear. RJ Basura was right there or like something like there's Basura's uh, Spanish for trash. I figured like, it's yeah. Like if it, okay. come on, we we can do better. We can do better, Sam. We can do better. We can do better than that if we if we, we have worse, to be that mean. effective. Yeah. Um. Thank you, Sam. Uh. Anon, salute to you, KFS team, and to Quentin Grimes for doing his best Devin Booker impression. We have twelve very good role players on this roster, and if the front office recognizes that the recognizes that December fifteenth is a day to watch. Uh. What are we for? Today. Not three weeks. It's probably January fifteenth. Change for whatever it's worth, just because more trade restrictions will kind of unlock Jan- as of January fifteenth, as opposed to December fifteenth. But I'm sure the front office is looking for a number of ways to improve as a team, and they know that they need to consolidate in some manner. It's why we saw a report come up this past Friday. Like they're they're doing, or at least they need they know that they need to kind of bring it to make a tighter team, and uh, until that happens. We're just seeing what we're seeing now. The fearless prediction. I think the only thing that will keep them from making yet another early trade, because they've made a lot of early trades um, or a, a lot too in the two years of this regime. The only thing that will prevent that is continued is a continued injury situation. And I think, and I'm going to be very curious to see if they pull the trigger on something, if they're dealing with like everybody's healthy. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. I'd be curious. Uh, Matt Smith with another one. Thank you again for the generous contribution. Not that me or any Knicks fan would ever overreact, <laughs> but what a new front office, what would a new front office look like? Assume they would blow it up. Leon and co have done some good, but the roster construction is trending bad. Uh, it's a, moot point this front office isn't going anywhere anytime soon and it would depend on the front office that was hired if Dolan hired some traditional retread former lead exec somewhere I would imagine it would be more of the same Um, if he got one of the truly big fish which A I don't know that anyone's taken that job uh, the the big I'm talking about the the biggest fish like the Ujiris and Sam Prestes and who like maybe there's two or three two or three other guys on this I don't even know I'm sure they'd want to do that do it uh, have carte blanche to do what they want and then the only other option I would say would be like some hot shot number two who's just been waiting his time to get a shot that would be the interesting one for me like how much because if it's a really 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 good number two who it's just like been a matter of time until that person or number three, or even like between before that person gets the shot. If they took the GM job, I would imagine they would have taken it or they would only take it with the assurance that they could do what they want. But who the hell knows? No, here's the thing, right? We talk about two things that have plagued the Knicks 
for a while. I mean, number one is they just haven't hit on draft picks. That just no. that's been a significant issue. 2017 and 2018 draft are really crushing. And then you look at the fact that this team, since things like 2010, has had more roster turnover than any team in the NBA. Yeah. And you look at the Suns, they had the second most, and it was really only until Booker started to come into his own, and they had Aiton with the first pick, and they had already drafted Mikkel Bridges, or at least with that draft. And, like, that's the sort of thing where they they drafted well, and then they added pieces around it, and then they stopped having as much roster turnover because they had good players. If you bring in a new front office, they're going to want to switch a lot of players out, and that's just going to lead to more turnover and more pick. It's just a lot. But as John, as you said, it, the front office isn't going anywhere this year. Nope. So. No, 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 no. Uh, good question, though, Matt. 